You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, here we are on a Thursday. This is your normal Thursday fix, as of last week. Broadcast the boys. I'm Ari Tempe, along with Roy White. And this is Broadcast the Boys, a part of the Blogging the Boys podcasting community. Roy White, Ari Temkin. And Roy, I want to get to the bathroom stall of NFL news. We will get to that. But first, I'm curious for you, what news has you more excited? Like, what news has you just really feeling it? Alden Smith being reinstated by the National Football League on Wednesday? or News that the Cowboys and other NFL teams' facilities are opening up. Ooh, uh, I would have to say the more exciting news is Alden Smith by a long shot. And that's because... By a long shot? Oh, by a long shot. Because with Alden Smith's return means he can be back on the field with his teammates. And at some point, we might actually get to see him in action. Um, The downside is, to the other half of your question why it doesn't matter to me that they're going back to the team facilities is we can't be there. The media is not going to be allowed to be there. Uh, So what type of coverage are we going to get? What type of understanding of the new team of the program that Mike McCarthy is running of the camaraderie and um, you know, uh, of the players that are actually showing up, you know, we might, maybe we'll find out, I guess, if Dak Prescott's going to show up or not, we'll get to that story. But uh, other than that, the Alden Smith news is 100% at the top of my ledger. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're, you're, you're right in, like, what does opening up the facilities really mean, you know, in, in terms of... We're still a football season away from a football season, Ari. Yeah, but at least we know we're going to have a football season. And that's, that's why the facilities opening up is great news. And I know it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have a football season, but it certainly is the correct step in ensuring we're going to have a football season. That's optimistic. Second wave. Sure, but that could be midseason. So at the, very le- at the very least here, we're talking about the start of a season, which we're going to have. <laughs> uh, no, the, the good news is the NFL has, has actually a contingency plan in place if the first couple of weeks have to be moved back or ultimately canceled. So, uh, but you're 100% right the step forward that we're taking in reopening the facilities is a step in the right direction. I'm not going to complain about that. And to your point, will Dak Prescott be showing up or will he not be showing up? That's going to be a huge storyline when the Cowboys facility does open up. And by the way, it's going to open up first for like, it'll be a slow burn. It won't be like everybody's in well, you know, welcome to Frisco. It'll, it'll be a slow burn in terms of, you know, it'll be, it'll be coaches and, and, it, you know, administrators, and then it'll, it'll kind of cycle through to players and whatnot. So it'll, it'll be a slower process for sure. On the Alden Smith thing, it's, I always feel sometimes like Mr. Belding when it comes to like Cowboys news because fans, 
sometimes the media can get really excited about things and it's like Alden Smith. Oh my God. 19 and a half sacks, you know, it tied Reggie white for the most sacks through three years of any player ever. Yeah, what, what year was that? <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's the Mr. Bell to give me. It's like, wait, 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 hold on. And if you're, if you don't know who Mr. Belding is, it's Saved by the Bell reference. You should know who that is. But it's just this whole, like, don't be too excited. Wait, I'm, I'm here to throw he was a wet in his blanket. Prime. He was in his prime about the same time as Alden Smith is what you're trying to say. <laughs> That's right. Alden Smith and Saved by the Bell, pretty much the same time frame. So, but with this, it's like I'm kind of excited. But I also know the whole Mr. Belding thing of this where it's like, I don't know that if I should be that excited as, as fans are excited. And I think fans' excitement to me is almost like, I don't know. It's like, I just, I, it's like toxic to me for some reason. I'm like, if you're excited, then I shouldn't be excited. I should be less excited about, about it than you are. I mean, oh, I, that's what absurd. are your, Get what are your expectations in, for him? Uh, my expectations for Alden Smith, if he can get you four to five sacks, that's an incredible return. That's a monumental return for a guy that you got off the scrap heap that, is making his return to football for the first time in four years. Um, anything in the range of like three to five sacks, I think is a massive success. Yeah. And I, I, I'm also curious at like how you define success, you know, not you, in, in, not you, but you in general, like, is it sacks? I like for me, like if he plays, if he's active and plays in 16 games, you know, independent of any production, just like that in and of itself would be incredible, you know, because it, 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 one, it's, it's accounting for lack of injuries, but two, it's, I mean, Jane Slater in conjunction with the report that came out today from Ed Werder that basically said he was reinstated. Jane Slater hopped on it and said, basically, um, you know, that she's, he's got a really good circle of, uh, of people around him and he's been, he's been um, sober since July, July, July. Which, I mean, it's like good for him. Congratulations. That's great for him to be, have been sober for that long. But at the same time, like he had, a, he had another DUI, like his eighth, he literally had his eighth arrest last summer. So that's where I think the tempered expectations are important because it's like if he can, if he can be active and play in 16 games, then you're, you'll get production. And that, that to me would be a, a major success. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that's true. Maybe. Maybe I am on the high side of, of my optimism for what but he, he plays me. 16 games. I don't think it's unrealistic to think he would have three and a half to four sacks, you know? No, not at all. And that's kind of my point. Um, I suppose I am going in with the expectation that he should play a little bit. I, I don't love the idea of committing even $2 million to a player right. that's not even going to get on the field. So if he does wind up having another incident before the regular season starts and getting himself suspended, then that's a massive failure. Uh, but yeah, I suppose in, in the terms in which you're talking about it, if Alden Smith plays 16 games healthy and contributes, not necessarily in the sacks department, but contributes in a meaningful way in terms of snaps and effectiveness. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why anybody will be complaining about it. We, we expect that Randy Gregory will be reinstated shortly as well. Um, yeah, I want to get to that real quick. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why I'm not seeing anybody in the news realm around the Cowboys mentioning that as of today, 
Thursday, May 21st, it will have been 60 days since Randy Gregory, at least according to the original report from Todd Archer, it will have been 60 days since Randy Gregory applied for reinstatement. Now, according to the language in the substance abuse policy of the current CBA, the NFL has to make a ruling on players that are applying for reinstatement within 60 days. If they hold to that timeline, a decision on Randy Gregory's statement probably comes today. I do wonder if that timeline got thrown off because I know that they weren't, there was a period of time where they weren't doing anything. There was no business that was occurring for the NFL. So I don't, sure. I, I, I don't have any, I have nothing factual to add to that other than maybe the timeline was thrown off by that. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's, that could be a possibility. Um, but it's worth noting that the original report about Alden Smith's reinstatement came from Jim Trotter on the NFL Network on March 13th. Now, at the time, Trotter said Alden Smith was preparing to apply for reinstatement, but hadn't actually done so. So if you do the math there, you know, he could have applied a week later, one week from that, two months and one week from that would have been Wednesday. So with all that in mind, again, if the NFL sticks to their original 60-day window, Randy Gregory could be reinstated for the Dallas Cowboys as early as today. Who, who is your starting right defensive end right now? Tyrone Crawford. Hmm. And it's only really based on what I guess we've been told already about his likely movement to the outside. I wouldn't have had a problem if they would have made a case to keep him on the inside. And who knows? They may still, after the signings of Dontari Poe and, uh, and Gerald McCoy. Most people expect those two guys to be the starters on the interior. But if someone emerges on the outside and one of those guys looks a little sluggish in training camp and Tyrone Crawford looks to be back from the injury that kept him out all of 2019 or most of 2019, he got injured very early on, then I don't see why he couldn't start in the interior as well. And that would open up the opportunity for a Randy Gregory or perhaps a Dorrance Armstrong to be available as your right defensive end to start the season. Who do you think it'll be? No, I mean, Crawford's a good – Crawford's good because it's, it's funny because he could play inside, he could play outside. They could cut him. They could save a bunch of money if they cut him. I don't know if they will, but they probably shouldn't. Because otherwise, you're looking at a picking between Dorrance Armstrong, Alden Smith, and Randy Gregory. And to me, that's... I don't see it happening now. Yeah. If, you were, if you were going to cut him, it would have been nice to have done so when you were going to use that money. But then again, right. maybe Cowboys fans would argue that if you cut him and took the money that you saved, you could spend just a few more million and get a guy like Everson Griffin or maybe even Jadavion Clown. Right. I, I'm, I'm not... Like, I'm very confident in their defensive line, except for right defensive end. And it just seems like there's a lot of lottery tickets there. Like there's a lot of hoping and praying for guys that haven't played football in four years. In Randy Gregory's case, three years, whatever it is. I mean, so it's, it's basically a late-round pick, and Doris Armstrong, who's good but probably shouldn't be starting at right defensive end, is a good rotational piece but not a starting defensive end. And, and two guys that could start, but, again, they're at this point, I mean, it, it, it's, hard to get, it's hard to get production from 
guys that haven't played football in multiple years that have been out of the game for a long time, as good as Randy Gregory or, or as Alton Smith might look. And then what are the conditions of the reinstatement? And then can they, can they stand to it? Which, you know, is probably passing drug tests and, you know, and, and alcohol exams and that sort of thing. I'll tell you what, un, under our current social conditions, it's never been easier <laughs> to follow the NFL's guidelines yeah. of not being in nefarious places and not doing things that could get you in trouble being out late at night. So if ever there was an opportunity to keep these guys under shrink wrap until the regular season starts, I think you have a really good chance to do that. Now, again, whether or not they make a significant impact remains to be seen. Um, but I think if I had to put my money on it, I would say Tyrone Crawford is the starting defensive end to start the season. Yeah, I think that's a good bet and, and a good point. All right, not to the bathroom stall of the NFL. Um, and that's Dak Prescott. No, it's, it's not Dak Prescott. He's not the bathroom stall. It's the news surrounding Dak Prescott. It's yeah, the news. We all just keep opening the door and everybody <laughs> takes a turn, letting their, letting their business loose. And just writing. Uh, they writing flush it they down. Are. They flush it down, and then someone else comes and sits on it and gives us a whole new turd to examine. Yes, and that, and then, and then they're writing on the, they're writing their number. A lot of stupid people writing stupid things in the bathroom stalls, bathrooms. Although I don't know that it happens as much anymore. I feel like it, that's just like a '90s thing where people used to write on bathroom stalls. There's not as much anymore. But that's like the the news that's enveloped Dak Prescott, and it certainly is. It's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. It's what you're going to get but it's hard to follow. <laughs> and even then it's like, is this the right information or is this just this convoluted game of telephone where like one report goes in and then somebody changes the report and then like 50 different news outlets pick it up and then they write it, but it's aggregated information. So it's all convoluted. And then we're kind of in this world where it's like, so Dak Prescott wants $45 million a year. It's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not at all what's happened, but yet it's, it's the bathroom stall here where it's like, that's what it looks like I read here on the bathroom stall. Yeah. Or the turn and, of the bowl. I don't know which metaphor I'm going with, I guess. And that is the new one of the week, I guess, as uh, Chris Sims was the one who put that out there. I believe he did it. Uh, Noted the, NFL reporter, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Pro football talks, Chris Sims, who I guess claimed that Dak Prescott is looking for a deal in the range of four years, as we have known up to this point. But if the Cowboys want to make it five years, then Dak is asking for $45 million in that fifth year, according to Chris Sims. Okay, so let me stop you right there. Does that make sense to you? Well, from Dak's side, yes. Why? In the theory that if I'm Dak Prescott and I don't want a fifth year, I want to make that fifth year so unbearable that you stop talking about it. <laughs> like just, I'm just going to throw a number out there. There is no way you're going to say yes to that number. And then we can just stop talking about the fifth year. Which, if you're following that line of thinking, $45 million in the final year of the offer that sounds exactly like the type of number you would want to throw out to make the other negotiating side say, okay, you know what? Forget we even talked about the fifth year. Let's just do the deal for four. So what about the idea here 
that, and this is certainly the way I've been looking at this entire negotiation the entire time. So the NFL just signed a new CBA. So they're going to be in business for the next decade. Next year, their television deal, I think with ESPN is up. And then the year after that, it's like Fox, CBS, DirecTV. So in the next two years, they're going to go to market for their TV rights. TV rights are going to make up more than 50% of their annual revenue, which as we know, the revenue is tied to the salary cap. So if Dak Prescott's agent knows that four years from now, the salary cap and some projections have it double what it is today. The entire reason that he doesn't want a fifth year is because he's going to be, whatever he takes, it'll be so cheap relative to what the quarterback market will be. If in fact the, 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 the salary cap does double. Now I know when I brought this up, people are like, well, there's going to be no revenue from ticket sales this year, but still when you're talking about mar- merchandising licensing and television revenue, that's a significant chunk. The NFL is not going to go hungry. They're not going to be losing money this year, right? I'm not having fans. So Dak's side probably looks at this and says, we'll, we'll do a fifth, fifth year, but you have to go to an enormous amount of money because $70 million could be the number if the salary cap is double for a quarterback in that, in that, in that environment. And that's why it's like, if I'm Dak, of course I'm asking for $45 million for a fourth or even a fifth year. Because four years from now, $45 million in a salary cap that's $300 to $400 million? Because the salary cap issue is going to be close to $200. $45 million for a quarterback is nothing in a salary cap that's double what it is today. Yeah, it's almost – it's not too outrageous. And maybe that is what is keeping the Cowboys around and, right. and keeping putting it out there that a fifth year is on the table because they're smart enough to understand – Right. Like you said, the salary cap is probably going to rise up to that point. Again, though, if I'm Dak Prescott, I only want four years because I want to be able to play it out as a free agent knowing where that cap is going. Now, again, I don't even really want to speculate on what the owners will lose from not having ticket sales this season. Like, let's let them actually put that into practice. Let's let them actually show us that they're not going to spend the type of money that it takes to get a high-level quarterback in today's NFL. Let's see them actually do that. Let's see them (laughs) hold their purse strings tight before we make any assumptions that even if they lose some money this season based on a lack of ticket sales, let's see if they don't still spend willingly for quarterbacks. In a quarterback-driven league. Right. And by the way, they're not going to. They're, they're, they're going to get they, – they make like $8 billion cumulatively through all the TV deals they have. Like they hand out nearly half a billion dollars to 32 teams with their TV deals. And don't you think there are going to be other streams of potential yeah, totally. revenue in yeah. the event that fans aren't able to attend football games? Yes. And by the way, I also think they'll – even if it's you hold games with 50% capacity or 25% capacity, like they'll either they'll do that and then figure out something else. But you're right. I mean, there, there's other revenue streams. The NFL owners are not just going to sit there and be like, yep, we're just going to take a hit without having fans there. Like they will do something like you're, yeah. you're 100% correct. Um, an entire section of fans that's got a green screen draped over it and any advertiser around, can throw their advertisement up there for a small fee during your home game. Boom. Boom. I just made you 500 grand for the year. <laughs> Thank you. You just want a percentage of that. So l- let me ask you something else. Let's just say that this is true. 
and and you could give Dak Prescott a deal in which he's going to make $45 million in the fifth year of the deal. Where he is today, what you know about Dak Prescott, the quarterback today, would you rather, you know what, Dak, I'm okay. Play this year on the franchise tag. Let's see what happens. And then let's talk. Or would you get, or would you give him that deal where five years from now we're, we're on the hook for 45 million, even, even with what we just talked about the salary cap. Are you confident enough in Dak Prescott as your quarterback to be able to, to make that kind of a pledge? Or are you willing to say, I have you this way. I have you this year anyway. So go prove it with the new coach. Yeah. I mean, if you heard our last podcast, you kind of know that uh, you might be know where I'm leaning yeah. on that front. Sure. Yes. I, I am confident in that. I am personally confident in that, but if I'm the Cowboys, I can easily see them also willing to ride out this season for $31 million and even next season for $37.5 million when, right. quite honestly, I think that's more to the level of what Dak's yearly salary is probably looking at for the next four years is something in the $37 million range. And because he knows he's going to get that next season in all likelihood if they have to franchise tag him a second time, he has no problem playing this first year out. And the Cowboys, I think, could reasonably say, well, we want to see you prove it. And I'd have no problem if they took that route other than to say, look, they, they missed their boat to really save money on Dak Prescott last totally. year. Totally. Okay? I spoke about it when I was on the radio at the time to the nth degree. They should have paid him at that time. And at the time, I was arguing with one of my hosts that – he was worth more than $28 million. They didn't want to pay him $28 million a season. Right. right. Well, that's what Ryan Tannehill just got. And Teddy Bridgewater. This offseason. Teddy Bridgewater got like, like 25. Bingo. Right. So you missed your boat to save a significant amount on Dak Prescott. And for that reason, I could see the Cowboys just playing it out as well. And I think they'd be more than comfortable doing that. Me personally, I'd still pay him now. Right. Because – <laughs> because if you're if you're looking at it now from the angle of oh go prove it again it's like well, well wait a second we had we're in the same situation last year you could have you know you could have pulled the trigger on a deal that would have been significantly less than this so like what does this pattern tell you <laughs> what does that say if you could have paid him last year but you wanted him to prove it last year and you you know you could have had him for 28 to 30 million a year and now you could have him between 35 and 40 depending on how many years you have in the deal like what does that say to next year that there's a pattern here? Dak has shown growth, so you're right. I don't think it's hyperbole to say that Dak has shown you more in his first four years as a quarterback than any Cowboys quarterback has shown you in his first four years in franchise history. So to think that he hasn't shown you enough to earn the right to be paid as the next guy, and maybe if he's the top paid guy at the time, that's fine. You accept that that's going to change in probably less than six months. As soon as Patrick Mahomes signs a deal, it changes. Okay, so, so <laughs> it's, so better than Troy his first four years? Mm, better than Rogers' first four years? We know he's better than Romo's first four years because Romo didn't play. <laughs> I mean, I think the numbers would kind of support that. Sure. I suppose, yeah, by the back end, maybe Troy had accomplished more. Right. But right. The, numbers, <laughs> the numbers clearly do, right? But it's also in f 
the numbers are a bit inflated because it's, that's how the modern game goes. But that also shouldn't diminish Dak. I think your overall point is really important here, and that is that Dak, like, Dak has proved to be a really, really good and capable quarterback and has gotten better and better every year. Now, as I brought up last week, like, it's fair to criticize the end stretch of the season for Dak last year. And maybe he was hurt, and that was the reason. But he was not he did not play well. But he was, up until that New England game, it, he was certainly playing at an MVP level to that point. Now, maybe it was the injuries that, that derailed it, but he still played. And if you're still playing, you can't use injuries as an excuse. He's not. I'm just saying, like, that's the – if the end of the season turns out to be, in, you know, an aberration, we'll look back and say, well, that was just because he was hurt. Mm-hmm. But he also plays a position. He plays he plays the position in a way that is like as he gets older, he's gonna he's gonna get hurt more. So he's gonna have to change the way that he plays the position because he's not like a burner, obviously. But he's he's tough. He's a tough physical dude that's gonna leave himself susceptible to big time hits. And as you get older, that's only gonna get worse and worse. Which is the I guess the biggest thing for me that makes me reluctant on that long term deal. And that's where I'm like, if I'm the Cowboys, I understand you, you want to hedge against having to pay him again huge when the salary cap explodes. But I'm also worried about him evolving and changing in a way that doesn't have him getting hit so much. So you'll run it out? I'd run it out. I, I mean... And therein lies the quandary of the Cowboy fan. I, I, I suppose... True. I suppose I'd be good with a four-year deal, but we, we've only heard reports. We're not even t- entirely sure of the particulars of it. But, you know, the Cowboys want him long-term because the Cowboys want him to be cheap again, which when the cap goes up, he will be. And Dak looks at this and says, I want the long-term security, yes, but I also want to be able to, to maximize as much as I possibly can because, by the way, I've been making pennies relative to what I'm about to make, and that obviously doesn't include endorsements, but that's neither here nor there. He gets paid to play football. And so he should he should be compensated accordingly. Um, but I, I mean, are you confident that a deal gets done before this this deadline? No, I think they'll. I think he ultimately will, will will play on the tag, unless unless he I think decides to fold, unless his side decides that it's too much of a risk with all of this news leaking out that, as you mentioned. The owners could lose money. There was the Adam Schefter report from a couple weeks ago that the salary cap could fall 30 to $80 million next season. I don't buy that, but if it's being put out there, I suppose Dak's side could see it and be frightened enough to sign the dotted line to get that type of security. But if I had to bet, I think he's going to play 2020 on the franchise tag. Yeah. Do you think he shows up? No. And I wouldn't either. Would you? He hasn't signed the he hasn't signed the tag. So if he hasn't signed it, he has literally no security in the event that he gets injured during a team practice. Yeah. So no. And I don't blame him for that. Yeah. He shouldn't. He yeah. shouldn't show up. And that in and of itself is another great reason why getting Andy Dalton was so important. You're going to be able to evaluate all the other players on this offense, even though you don't have the number one quarterback there to, to throw into him. How far do you think we get into the season before people are asking for Andy Dalton to start games? Hmm. 
A two-game losing streak will do it. Yeah. At any point. Or even and, a one-game, or even a one-game losing streak. <laughs> ooh, uh, I don't think enough people will be clamoring. Look, there. No, no, not enough. I'm just saying, like, there will be some that will be clamoring for it. The, there will be an undertone of that from day one. Yeah. From preseason game one, there will be an undertone of Cowboys fans that believe that no matter what Dak does, he could throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns against the Rams in week one, and there will be fans saying Andy Dalton would have thrown for 500. So make no mistake, there'll be fans clamoring for Andy Dalton. The question is, will there be a chorus, a chamber of fans clamoring for Dalton? And I don't think that happens unless, you know, they lose a couple of games. Right. Probably two just a quartet. Two is enough to, I guess, rile up the fan base enough, depending on what the games are. <laughs> Let me ask you something. And this is a, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but it's okay. We can do that from time to time to each other. Um, what is the most annoying cowboy story ever? Like, and I say ever, like as long as you've been covering this team around this team, like what's the most annoying story that you're just like, ugh, I don't care about this. This is annoying. Why is this a thing? Well, this I assume, is the Cowboys we're talking about here, so this happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, I assume you're asking because you have something in mind. Um, so you, you catch wind about this. The Cowboys offered LeBron James a contract, apparently, at some point. Did you catch wind of this story? It's a hell of a submission. <laughs> <laughs> I did catch wind of it. Um, it's so annoying. It's like, I don't care. I couldn't care less. <laughs> I, and so I saw a couple of headlines about it, you know, whatever, whatever came out a week or so ago, whatever it was. And like, no, I'm not going to bite. I don't care. I don't care. I do not care. And so then tonight I was thinking about it and I was like, what position would you play him? <laughs> tight end. Well, I love what? One of the least impactful positions on offense. I thought he was going to be the greatest of all time. How's he going to be the greatest of all time being a freaking tight end? So wait, wait. So I, sometimes when I'm looking for different Cowboys topics to see what people are talking about, I Google Cowboys, you know, and when I Googled Cowboys tonight, LeBron James, the LeBron James thing came up. He's got to be a defensive end, man. Think of how many passes he could knock down alone just with his height. His paws in the air. And his his bendability, dude. Freakish athleticism. I found an article from the Oregonian. This is a newspaper, pretty reputable newspaper from Oregon. Those are still going. Um, yeah, they still going. And this actually might be from another newspaper that they've like just, it's gotten to like 17 different newspapers, but I digress. Someone's going to read it. LeBron James is generally acknowledged as the best basketball player on the planet. However, many people don't know James was also a very good football player during his high school days in Ohio. James played wide receiver during his sophomore and junior years at St. Vincent St. Mary's in Akron. James was selected to the first team All-State as a sophomore, and he's posted 16 touchdown receptions as a junior. James was reportedly recruited by college football powerhouses such as Ohio State and Notre Dame. He suffered a wrist injury, blah, 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 blah. I love how that's the starting point for, and he, he was offered a contract to the Dallas Cowboys. Like, Could you imagine how many people were really good high school football players, and I'm putting that in air quotes for people who can't see you right now, that are like not getting contract offers from the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> what? Like, well, he was a really good high school football player. <laughs> there's no question that is right up there at some at one of the most nauseating ones. Um, <laughs> I just love the idea of he's he was a great football player in high school, so he certainly could play for the Cowboys. 
I mean, hey, uh, did you make your varsity team in high school? Because you could probably have gone pro. <laughs> like, anybody who plays the NFL was probably like, unless they went to a powerhouse high school, which a lot of them did, was like probably the greatest high school player that their high school had ever seen. You know what I mean? Like, that's how good you have to be to play the NFL. And just the idea of like, well, James is just a really good basketball player. He's really athletic, and he played high school, so... Like, clearly, he could play the NFL. Are you Follow kidding Follow the me? breadcrumbs, Ari. <laughs> so did that percolate any annoying stories for you, is that, or is that it? Because that, like, is just the type of story in which I'm like, wow, this... Like, it makes me annoyed that LeBron's a Cowboys fan. I get annoyed about that. Yeah, I don't know if I get that annoyed that he's a Cowboys fan, but every time it is brought up, it's incredibly annoying. And I guess it's anything like that um, where the Cowboys are kind of used because they're a super popular brand. They're used in a way that's like someone had a tertiary interest in the Cowboys. So here's an entire article and think piece about it that then spawns a number of other think pieces, which is exactly what happened with the LeBron situation. Right. Right. Where would he play for the 2020 Cowboys? <laughs> what position would he have become a Hall of Famer at? How many times could he have thrown the ball, caught a touchdown pass, and run for a touchdown pass in the same game? The NFL's version of a triple-double. <laughs> it's endless. It's, uh, it's, it's shockingly base and boring and – probably the perfect fit for this time of year when there's absolutely nothing going on in sports. Right. (laughs) Well done. But yeah, I, and you're right. Like you see all these like tertiary Cowboys fans at training camp every year. Like they show up in in Oxnard and it's like, Oh, he's a huge cow. You know, so-and-so this actor, this actress, this, this, this person's huge Cowboys fan. They show up, they got their Cowboys hat and they're like, yeah, man, I remember back in the day I'd watch them. And it's like, (laughs) what? Like, clearly are not a Cowboys fan. You just, again, had some sort of a tertiary interest. And uh, yeah, well, it helps you. It helps your brand to be a fan of the Cowboys. 100%. Which is why you and I are. (laughs) (laughs) This is Broadcasting the Boys, a proud member of the Blogging the Boys podcasting community. Uh, I did not give out our Twitter handles at the start of the show, which seems like an egregious omission on my part. So I, I might uh, have to start hosting this thing if you keep having these screwing omissions. It <laughs> screwing it up. Uh, Roy White. You can follow him on Twitter at rdub3, and you also need to be checking out his YouTube page where he's producing fantastic content. Uh, just go to his Twitter account. There's a link there. Or go to YouTube and search Roy White. Or rdub3 is just fine on YouTube. Uh, RW3 on YouTube is just fine also. Or uh, uh, you can follow my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash RE Sports. Follow me on Twitter at RE Sports. Um, we have a great grouping of podcasts here on the Blogging the Boys community, and we would encourage you to check them all out. Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray had the very talented Scooter Magruder, speaking of YouTube, on, so make sure to check out that. Of course, you get daily briefings and musings in the morning from RJ Ochoa here on the blog in the boys community if you already subscribe no worries you're good to go so just keep subscribing uh keep giving us ratings and keep listening but for now we out. out